life ever thrown you a curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who have been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Living Your Legacy podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. And today we're talking about a topic that's actually near and dear to my heart. Um, We're looking at gratitude and what place gratitude has in your journey towards your legacy. Certainly gratitude is something that, you know, our parents taught us when we were little to say please and thank you and to tell people when they've done something nice or to share a compliment with people. But as we get to be adults, what we've learned certainly, and I think most of you would agree with me, is that people are far quicker to criticize than they ever are to compliment or share their gratitude. So today we have someone on the call who's kind of an expert in this area, and I'm super excited to be delving into a conversation about gratitude and legacy with her. So give me a second to introduce her. My dear friend, Lisa Condon, is a lover of life. Don't you love that? Adventurer of spirit and cultivator of collaboration. Now, I love a good play on words, and I'm loving those ones, Lisa. She thrives on helping businesses find their heart, and people help them to discover their passion. Professionally trained as a Six Sigma black belt. I don't even know what that is, so we're going to learn about that. And scrum master. I'm not sure if I'm clear on what that is either. So we're going to find out about that. Lisa integrates tried and true processes in all the work she does. Diving into life head first, you can find Lisa with her husband, Nate, traveling the world or sitting by a fire watching the stars. Lisa, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Michelle, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much. And I can't wait for our conversation today. It's going to be wonderful. So let's start with the Six Sigma Black Belt. What is that? (laughs) So Six Sigma Black Belt, as well as Scrum, um, really are around developing processes and project management. So Six Sigma actually started by Jack Welch uh, when he was in business and running business and really looking at efficiency. And so you might hear like the lean process and really looking at how to get from point A to point B in the best fashion possible um, with as as few errors as you can. And so that's what Six Sigma is all about. I, I mean, and again, that's very, very high level. Um, but to get to a black belt, there's all kinds of levels of black belt or belts, just like in karate. Um, but in Six Sigma, they do it for that. Uh, scrum is when you're a project manager, there's waterfall and then there's scrum. And it's just a methodology and to be a scrum master, uh, you really take 
processes through kind of two week sprints and you look at very finite activities that you try to complete, see where the work is and then move it forward in the in the best fashion. Um, so it's really I'm a process geek, Michelle. What can I say? I mean, that's what it boils down to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of structure myself, too. So tell me, Lisa, when I met you, it was to hear you present on gratitude. How does one get from being a Six Sigma black belt and scrum master to a gratitude expert? It's processes and gratitude. I see a sort of loose connection, but I'm not seeing a direct line between those two. So tell me about that. The fact that you see any connection, I'm really impressed because it's, um, I think for me, I've always been 50-50 left brain, right brain. And so there's a piece of me that loves structure, but I also believe that through structure comes spontaneity. And in that spontaneity, I also really have had opportunity to look at life very differently. Um, I lost both of my parents earlier in my life. And, you know, when, when your first parent passes away, you look at life a little bit differently. And then when you become an adult orphan, you look at life even more differently. But I also think the experiences that I've had along the way, I've always taken notice. It's just been part of the inherently who I am. And when I started switching the vernacular of, wow, what's wrong? Or I need to get to the next thing, or I need to get to the next level and really starting to appreciate what was around me, it changed things. Um, and the gratitude work actually started. It's really random. A woman that worked for me said, started posting on Facebook three things that she was grateful for. And I saw this after a few days. I said, can I steal this from you? Can I try this? And of course, she said yes. And so I did. And we're now going on about 16, 15 or 16 years of doing this. And I will tell you, I now know when I miss a day, mm -hmm. um, I read a lot about Harvard studies and living in this gratitude frequency, but it all just started with practicing it. And then that just, that got the train rolling. So that's really, it was almost by happenstance and because of who I am inherently taking notice of what someone else was doing. Cool. So there's a couple of threads there that I'd really like to pick up on. Um, um, I do want to talk about that gratitude practice, but before we go there, I'd like to have you maybe paraphrase some of those studies that you researched. Mm -hmm. Why is gratitude significant in our lives? Oh goodness. There's so many. I think the biggest thing is when you live in the frequency of gratitude um, and you know, if you believe in vibrations or law of attraction, Wherever you are living and what space you're living in is what you're going to get back and typically tenfold. So if you're living in this practice of gratitude or in a space of acknowledging the things that are good around you, mm -hmm. those things will keep happening. Um, and you see it, I think, the flip side of that, you know, when you also live in a space of things aren't working well, you're constantly focused on things that might be broken or things that could be better you're basically telling yourself that you're not good enough the way you are right now, or the world in which you live is not good enough the way that it is. And the reality is we're all perfectly imperfect. And so by acknowledging the good, it actually attracts that. Um, you know, I also think there's a transformation that actually happens in your brain. And, you know, again, um, I can, I don't have any quotes in front of me, but some of the things that I've read 
it's your brain will start doing a transformation. And the way that you start actually seeing things, taking things in, it's you almost build this barrier, if you will, if you think about it, almost this um, outer shield of things just won't bother you as much. There's less drama that happens for you. There's less things that will bother you because you know what you're um, grounded in and you know where you fit into the space that you're in, into the community that you're a part of, the, your family, friends, etc. cetera. Um, and so all of these other things, you become more of a help and you continually are inspired versus, you know, the opposite of that. Wow. Um, I love that. And, and I, I love the idea of transforming your brain. I mean, there's been lots of research into how, you know, your brain and your subconscious is designed to keep you safe. Um, and you know, your reptilian brain, the part of your brain that's designed to keep you physically safe. But in our cases as first world people, it's more about keeping you kind of emotionally safe or in your, and on the podcast, they can't see this, but I'm air quoting this, you know, in your safe zone or your comfort zone. So it prevents people from stepping outside their comfort zone, um, not as a bad thing, but as a, oh, I must protect you. And this is new, therefore scary. Don't do it. That kind of thing. Um, I love that you can transform your brain into um, looking at something and saying, okay, so there's this thing or, you know, this guy cut me off in the car. Not that big a deal. Maybe they're having a bad day. I'm just going to back off, give them some time, listen to my tunes in my car and things just kind of flow off you better um, with less stress, less internalizing of, you know, stuff so that you can you can really be in a happier state of being, but also in a more curious state of being, not as in you are, I'm curious about you, but as in, I'm curious about the universe. I'm curious about why things are happening as opposed to the negative assumptions of this bad stuff is just happening to me. And I totally understand what you're saying too, about whatever way you're looking at the world, that's what the world's going to bring you. So if you feel like, you know, the, this bad stuff is just always happening to me, well, the world's like, okay, so we'll deliver some more of that. Mm -hmm. So what I would ask then is, how can people do that? And I love how you said it's a practice of gratitude. So I like to say you practice an attitude of gratitude. What are some things, if this is sort of a new thought process for people, that you would suggest they do to begin practicing gratitude? Yeah, so it's and it evolves. So let, I want to just start there because I can tell you my journey of practicing gratitude started very small and what I learned through it evolved over time and continues to. And I'm so appreciative of that. But start small. Um, again, what I started with was um, what are three things that I'm grateful for? And I didn't even care what time of day it was for me to get into the habit I did it actually at the beginning of every day. And it was just so that I remember to do it. I actually would put it on my list and check it off my list. And it could be anything, you know, and I started it when I would get up in the morning and what was on my mind and my heart and what was I grateful for. And some days was harder than others. I mean, we're human beings. So of course we have days that aren't spectacular and rainbows and unicorns. We have these curve things are happening yeah. where that just, that just isn't it. But 
there's always things to be grateful for. It could be that you woke up because not everybody gets the luxury of waking up and every day. So, but if you start with that practice and there is something in the power of three. So again, I would highly encourage to re- identify three things um, and do that for a period of time and start there. And, you know, sometimes I would suggest even doing it public. I actually would do it on Facebook because for me, again, it was a way for me, A, to put it out there and, and gave me something to tangibly do it rather than writing it in my journal and then nobody would know if I didn't do it, right? Only I would. So there was an accountability piece. But where that led to, Michelle, was the responses I started getting from people. And that was really, really powerful. So again, it was for me, it is still for me because it keeps me in the vibration that I want to be in. Mm -hmm. However, the conversations that start opening up or I would go to places and the very first thing people would say to me wouldn't be, hey, how's business going? Or, um, you know, hey, this weather that's happening. It would literally be, oh, I read your three gratitudes. That's really great. The one that resonated with me was, wearing the red heels, you know, out in the snow or whatever it might be. And it's a different conversation and it just changes the way that we connect to one another. Mm -hmm. And when you start paying attention to those things, um, it's like a snowball effect. They just keep, they just keep moving. But again, start small and give yourself grace. I can tell you as much as I wanted to do it every day when I started off, I didn't do it every day. I missed days, but when I did find myself doing it consistently and then I missed a day, my heart felt different. My, just my attitude was a little bit different. So the attitude of gratitude really resonates with me because of that. And it was like, oh, wait a second. I didn't practice my gratitude today. I need to rectify that. So start small, give yourself grace. That's the two biggest tips I can give somebody that wants to start it today. That's so profound. Um, and I feel you on that. I, my feel, my, I found all this, uh, gosh, almost 30 years ago when I first moved to the city I'm living in. Um, and about two months after I moved here, I came out to go to school. Um, and the bank lost my student loan and accused me of not bringing it in and was threatening to sue me. My parents split. Um, my uh, roommate, my roommate was having some challenges in her life. So everywhere I turned, there was something really big going on that I didn't know what to do with. And I remember thinking, how am I going to get through this? I'm here by myself. I don't have any family. And how am I? I don't have a lot of people to lean on because I'm new here. So I got to lean on me. How am I going to do this? And I thought every day I'm just going to find one good thing. And one of the things you said totally resonated with me. Sometimes it was I got up on time today. And that was the only good thing that happened all day long. (laughs) And, you know, so every day I'd start to think about, okay, what's one good thing? Maybe maybe I caught the early bus today and I made it to class on time or early or maybe somebody said something nice to me today or you know any of those things now long story short uh the bank did not sue me uh they it was the fault of the guy who took my papers and lost them but the secretary who checked me in remembered me and she went on my behalf and spoke to him so all was good there and uh my parents divorce ended up fairly amicably we're all good there too um 
and my roommate. Uh, ultimately, we ended up parting ways, and that's okay. And we're still we're still relatively close, so it didn't end up badly. But that's where it started for me. What's one good thing? One good thing that you can just hang on to today, that you can use to get through today until you get to tomorrow, and that's where it started. I too do the gratitudes as well on a daily basis. I usually do mine right before I go to sleep. So as I get into bed, I sit and I think, what are three things I'm grateful for today? And I try to choose different things. When I started, it was pretty superficial. I got up on time today. Uh, Now my gratitudes are far deeper. Sometimes it's that I'm grateful for the challenges the day put in front of me because it allowed me to be the person I want to be that day. Like I actually stopped to think about how I'm going to respond versus react in these situations. Sometimes it was I didn't respond. I I reacted and I'm grateful that tomorrow I have a chance to do it differently. Uh, Sometimes being a special needs parent, things are just overwhelmingly difficult. And I am grateful for the challenges that my son puts in front of me because I am a far more patient human being now than I ever have been in my lifetime. Patience, if you ask my mother, was not one of my strengths growing up. (laughs) Definitely not. And so I am a far more patient person now. And I like to do it before I go to sleep because I find it relaxes me and I have the best dreams, like super happy, amazing dreams. And I wake up refreshed and ready to go the next day. My mornings are also pretty chaotic. So for me to sit back and think about what I'm grateful for in the mornings is much more difficult. So I encourage people to pick a time that works for them. Maybe it's over lunchtime when you're, you know, chewing on your lunch and you're just sort of thinking about the day or maybe the day before to to give that some thought. I love what you said about recording it somewhere, whether you record it privately in a journal or you put it out there publicly. Maybe you have a newsletter. I know someone who does um, like a Gratitude And it's a Tuesday post and every Tuesday she posts things that she's grateful for. And I love that. Um, Or maybe you want to, I don't know, for me, I don't write them down because I'm in bed. I just think about them, but I try to share them with my husband so that he hears the things that I'm thinking about. I also encourage people to choose different areas of your life. So maybe you want to choose Like I'm grateful for something I did today or how I handled something. So something deeply personal. Maybe there's something in a relationship that you want to focus on. So it could be a spouse, a partner, a child, a friend, mom, sister, cousin, father. Like it could be a relationship. Maybe it's a work relationship that you want to put some effort in. So thinking about what you're grateful for in that particular relationship and maybe also thinking about something you're grateful for moving forward in the future. Uh, You know how they say you should write I am statements as if they have already happened. So being grateful for the thing you're building into, whatever that is, maybe it's I'm really grateful for this promotion that you're thinking about going for. I'm grateful for the opportunity to put forward my strengths and skills so that my employer can see me in a different light. Or I'm grateful for um, 
you know, this business that I'm thinking about launching, or I'm grateful for the children that I will have in my life, whatever that is for you. Maybe it's about the legacy you're trying to create. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be the one to pave the way for this legacy so that others behind me can have an easier time. And when you do that, I agree wholeheartedly with what you said. It's like that emotional shield. When you said that, I thought totally thought of like Captain America and Absolutely. his magical that's shield. Exactly <laughs> and and I was like, you know, that stuff just literally bounces off you, including the bad guys. Right. Like the stuff just literally starts to bounce off you. The criticism doesn't sting or hurt as much. The um, because you can start looking at it differently. Right. You can look at it and say, is this criticism from someone I value, Mm -hmm. someone who's important to me, someone who has my best interest at heart? Or is this some random person who just wants to be mean to me or they're having a bad day or they think I'm too big for my britches and they want to take me down a peg. And so maybe I shouldn't put a whole lot of weight in this. Is this criticism coming from someone who's never stepped out of their comfort zone and just wants me to stay in mine so that I will remain the same as them because they're afraid of me changing, right? And in that case, and you can be like, like Teflon or water off a duck's back, that one's gone. I'm not paying any attention. So I do see it as being an emotionally sort of protective layer. I also agree wholeheartedly with what you said about how it shapes the way you see the world. Um, When I'm looking at, say, for example, the news, it is very hard to find anything optimistic in the news. Um, They love to share the things that are going wrong in the world because that sells. But if you pay attention, you look at it differently. There are things there that you can pick up on to say, hey, there's something to be grateful for right there. Hey, that situation is awful, but look at how that person is handling themselves. Hey, look at this awful thing that happened, but look at how the community has now rallied around this person. If that didn't happen, this would never have happened. So it's a it gives you the opportunity to really take a step back and look at things from a different perspective. So I think what you're saying there is so important. And again, start small and be patient with yourself. That is something to be grateful for too. I didn't do it today and today I'm going to be patient with myself. I'll do it tomorrow. Right? You know, and I'm writing notes because you've said a couple of things that I just want to point out because for your listeners, maybe they didn't catch it. And I think it's important to kind of accentuate these. So the first is when you talk about the starting small for yourself and now maybe what your gratitudes are, you know, Michelle, I think about going back to that word evolve, you know, it evolves into something more because it's looking at the why, why are you grateful for it? Mm-hmm. And what has it done? Has it provided the opportunity, like you've talked about to see something differently? Has it provided you an opportunity for growth? You know, has it just made your heart happy? You know, what is the why? And, and sometimes it's really deep and sometimes it's not, but Understanding the why is what helps you evolve. Um, the way you practice, this is a very interesting thing because I do feel like consistency is key when you're starting out. However, when you do it can actually impact you differently. So for you, you mentioned you do it at night and so you dream differently. It helps you sleep. And I've actually heard that from quite a few people. And so I, I've never read a study on it, but I suspect there's something to it with the amount of times I've, I've heard it. I do it in the morning. 
but it sets my mindset for the day. Mm-hmm. I feel very differently and very grounded for the day in this world of gratitude or in the soup of gratitude. Um, and so, and both are great, you know, neither is right or wrong, but I think paying attention to that and paying attention to what you need and what your heart needs, what your mindset needs and feel that and try it at different times. But when you try it, you know, maybe do a week at at one time in the morning or maybe do a week when you do it at night and see what feels better for you. Mm -hmm. Because again, like you, you're chaotic in the morning. I get a little bit of peace in the morning because I get up before anybody else in the household. So I have a little time to myself. Um, The other thing that you talked about, you know, around the optimism and really the connectedness. And you talked a little bit more about what I was saying. What I started evolving as an individual and as a human being is that we truly are all connected and watching how my practice of gratitude changed the way that I interacted with people and interacted with animals or with nature or what impacted my heart differently. Um, it, it started changing the world around me. Mm-hmm. And then it started changing the world around those people or those individuals. And, you know, people talk a lot about optimism, pessimism, and realism. Well, the reality is we all live in the realism of the world we choose, right? And so how you connect and how you start seeing yourself as part of something much bigger than yourself. For me, it all started in this practice of gratitude. And now you, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. And that, that also is, it's an aha moment when it happens and it's so beautiful. And sometimes, you know, words are super powerful and you forget how powerful they are until you lean into it or until you say something that maybe was unintentional or you didn't mean to, and you watch that ripple effect. So again, it's, it's awesome paying attention uh, differently to the world around you uh, when when you start this practice also. I love that. And you're absolutely right. I think about all the time, it was brought to my attention one time, and I don't remember who said it. When you walk in a room full of people, so say you're in that room and you watch people walking in. When someone walks in who is optimistic and happy and joyful, we immediately want to gravitate to that. We think, oh my gosh, I need more of that. Who is that person? I want to be connected. Mm -hmm. When somebody walks in the room and their body language and posture, they're kind of Eeyore-ish. You have the metaphorical little thundercloud over their head coming in the room. You're like, "Mm, get me as far away as possible from that one. I am just not sure I want to connect there. Um, And that's something to think about too. Is it that do you wish to be someone that people gravitate toward? then that practice of gratitude is going to help you with that. Or do you wish to be someone who's prickly and everybody gravitates away from? And I'm not sure how many people would actually really want to be that person, you know, or if it's happening to you and you don't know why, that's a good question to ask. Am I the doom and gloom coming in the room? Am I that that person with the cloud? Um, if so, then what do I need to do to shift that energy so that I can attract into my life the things that I really want? And of course, there's a measure of control there, right? We can control our attitude. Uh-huh. We can control 
how we present ourselves. We can, you know, we can even shift from one to the other. We can make that, have that control, make that choice and take action to make it happen. I love all of those things and how profound that could be. I was actually thinking when you were talking, how interesting would it be to see if somebody does their gratitudes in their commute, in their car. Because there's so many stories of like road rage and and people being super aggressive in their cars. I wonder if, if that would impact some of that. Oh, I'm sure that it would. I actually have a client that I worked with. Um, she would record herself on her commute on her phone um, saying her gratitudes and she would play them back later. But what she told me was she often didn't remember what she was grateful for. So that's also super interesting to me because how, how is it, how do I say this? How are you practicing if you're just saying words? You know, you have to make sure that there's a resonating with you. However, the fact that she played it back to herself later on, I loved that piece of it because it was meaningful to her. But that's the only person I've ever heard that actually did it in her commute. Her commute was an hour. So she needed something. I think that's where I came from. But I agree with you, especially in this day and age. I think through what the world just lived in through the pandemic and we're coming out of our cocoons, if you will, metamorphosized in something much different than what we went into as human beings, as families, as communities. We look at things much differently and people are very quick to react um, without a lot of thought. And I'm not saying everybody, but I, I witness it daily. Um, and so is there a time to take a step back, to breathe, to take in the good, to really see the beauty that's around us? And how do you bring that forward? And in commute, it's especially going back into busy city life. And people forget I was in New York over Christmas. And I love busy cities. I think they're wonderful. I enjoy time there. But I, you can also tell the people that don't and the way that they act or interact or, you know, bulldoze right through a crowd or whatever that looks like. If they only took a step back and they took a breath and they took a moment to take in what's around them, there's always beauty there. Always. Oh, I am so with you on that. you for being a part of the living your legacy podcast community in 2022 we can honestly say 2023 is going to be an exciting year we've got some new things going on that we'd like to share with you the living your legacy podcast is now offering advertising spots we found many entrepreneurs spent lots of money on advertising last year only to find that they weren't falling in front of their ideal audience we'd love to help you get your message out let's discuss this Click the link in the show notes to book a time to chat and see if this could be a good fit for you. You know, you could, you have to look at this, the metaphor of like roses. People can look at roses and see the beautiful flowers and some look at and only see the thorns. So, you know, we can choose which side of it we're going to see. And um, I love that. So let's swing that now round to the idea of legacy. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about how gratitude is important in daily life. 
We talked a little bit about how it can change the way you see things, the way you think about things. Clearly, it can change the way you interact and behave. I'm a far more joyful person um, and less stressed and upset. So when I hear, you know, when things are bad, I often think, I used to think, why is this happening to me? Now I think, what am I meant to learn from this? Mm-hmm. What am I not seeing that I should see? And that takes the sting out of all of it. What did I not know yesterday that I need to know today so that I can be better tomorrow? And those are important things. For me, that connects directly with my legacy that I'm building because it has everything to do with the fact that I'm I'm entering a new world for me and for my sons. And I need to be thinking about how am I approaching that world? Who am I attracting into my life? How am I sharing that information with my children? Because what I say about it is how they will see it. It definitely has an impact as much as you think your teens are not listening. Mine are definitely listening (laughs) off the cuff. And and I sometimes hear the things I say coming out of their mouths like, oh, they actually heard that. And so... So many times our teens pick up on the things, like you said, that we say offhand, that we say out of frustration, that we say from a place of anxiety or fear or worry. Those are the ones that stick, but not always. Sometimes they're seeking those positive moments too. And if we can provide our children with more of them, we can help shape how they see the world, how they deal with and look at the problems they will inevitably encounter. I'm no silly person to think that people are going to live in la-la land and never have a problem. But how you encounter those, how you approach them, how you engage with them, that can be shaped and changed. So I totally see for me the connection between gratitude and legacy. I'd like to hear your thought on that. Oh, so coming into this conversation, legacy means so many different things to me. Um, But I can tell you, for me, some of the deepest pieces are how do I want to be remembered? And that I, I think about that actually probably more than I should. And it's because of what I, what I remember my parents as or my grandparents who I was very close to and how others remember them. Mm-hmm. And some of it's vastly different. And the things that I recall or what they did and the mark that my mom wanted to leave on the world but never took the chance to do or never took the time to do or never had the courage to do whatever that may have been. But I, I know what she wanted to do. She just never did it. Um, I don't want that because I'm watching now how the work that I do or the things that I say, how it impacts and influences, I wouldn't do that forever. And for me, the way of leaving legacy is helping people find their world of gratitude, stepping into that and what that means to them, and then allowing them to show their family and to lead by their example so that their children, their friends, their friends' children can all do that. I think about my three godchildren. Um, I call them my fairy godchildren, and I'm their fairy godmother. And I, the conversations that I have with them 
are all about helping them step into this practice in their world. And what does that look like? But we all have to find that within ourselves, but it's really about passing it on to the next generation and not, it's funny, like I think about horizontal and vertical and it's not just about the vertical. It's not just passing it down. It's also passing it out. So that way it spreads as far as and wide as I possibly can. But it's also in writing it down. It's also in whatever I put out into the universe um, in verbal form and or written form or things like this podcast. This isn't going to go away. It will be out there forever. So the more that I can have these conversations, I want to be remembered as the gratitude lady. My grandmother was the butterfly grandma. I want to be the gratitude lady. And I'm okay with that. Because it's truly what my heart is all about. I, I'll i do a lot of great things in my life, just as we all will. But if this is the one thing that I can be remembered for, that I was a grateful person, then I've done what I'm supposed to do on this earth and my purpose has been lived. That's beautiful. Um, and to that end, I also wanted to highlight something that you're working on. Um, so... One of the things that that we have connected over is that Lisa is actually putting together a book on gratitude. So she talked about the power of words earlier. She's talked about you know what she puts out in the universe. So Lisa, tell us a little bit about this book that you're putting together and how that's all going to fit in life for you. Well, and again, I just paid attention to the universe because this was not something I had planned on doing. Um, I was working on a book, Nine Steps to Gratitude for Business, and was something that I was working on. It will still come to fruition. However, what I realized was gratitude isn't about me. And it's not about what I do. It's about what we do as a collective. And so the book that I'm working on is actually a compilation book with authors and these authors are bringing forth their stories of how they stepped into gratitude or what gratitude has done for them in their life or how they changed it, how they approach it. All the stories are a little bit different, which I appreciate. Um, the authors are different. They come from various backgrounds, various um, places in the, you know, in the world, actually. And so it's really beautiful. And what I love about all of this is this truly was some, I was having a conversation with somebody who happens to also do publishing and out of my mouth before I could even stop. It was, I want to do a compilation book. And then I looked behind me and said, who said that? Oh, wait, it was me. Um, but it, it really was one of those things that as soon as I said it, I'm like, yes, I absolutely need to do that. And this is just the start. It's actually a starting point for this trajectory of gratitude of pulling community together. I already have other things in my mind that are going to happen shortly thereafter that, again, will pull community together around gratitude. And the more that we can do that and have, again, a, a much larger vibration together, um, that beauty and that passion of what we can bring forward and then take it back into our personal communities it's the world needs it right now. We have so much healing to do and we can do it together. And it, it takes more than one person. But just like a ripple effect, it just starts with that first little ping 
And that's, that's where we're starting. So I'm excited. I'm super excited about this book. Um, that, and it'll be coming out November 8th of 2023. So very excited about it. Super thrilled about that. Um, and I can't wait to dig into the book and see what other people have to say and what their stories are. And you're absolutely right. I think if COVID taught us anything, and it has taught us so many different things in a wide variety of areas, it is that we need to stop and think about the trajectory we are on as humans, regardless of where you live, regardless of skin color, regardless of culture, religion, any of those things, we really need to take stock of how we are moving forward in the world. Is this the way to move forward in peace and harmony? Is it the way to move forward in joy and curiosity and acceptance? Or are we on a road really to self-destruction? And, and I think the answers become pretty clear to most people that we're, we're not on a great path. And having to sort of stop everything and regroup. Now, some of it regrouped really well. Some of it didn't regroup well at all. Fear can bring out the absolute worst in people. And certainly we've seen a large number of examples of that worldwide. But again, looking at things from a different perspective, it's also brought a grassroots movement. There is a groundswell. There's a shift happening in that there are lots of people who are now saying, I don't want to live in all this negativity. I don't want to live in fear. I want to live in joy and happiness and curiosity. I want to support others and be supported. I want to reach further and higher and dig deeper than I've ever done before to do things I never dreamed of doing before. And in order to stay that path, you have to find gratitude. You just do. There's no way to stay on it and be negative. Um, you have to do that. And what I've discovered is that it attracts such extraordinary people into your life, much like you. So again, circling back to how we met, Lisa and I were at an event. We happened to be sitting at the same table. She was two people away from me at the table. And we had to do an activity where we had to share things that we saw at, in people at the table. And most of the people at the table I had never met before. So this is a tough call. Like, how do I share nice things? What we discovered at our table is that we were all able to dig really deep with barely any knowledge of the other person, just looking at them sitting at the table, knowing a first name in most cases. And the more Lisa talked, the more I thought, as she described everybody, I thought, I can't wait till she gets to me. <laughs> She's going to say something really sweet because she said nice things about everybody here. <laughs> and I watched her response as people said really nice things about her. And I thought, I need more of this woman in my life. That was my initial thought. And again, that circles back to how you approach the world 
is how the world will approach you. So here she was sharing all these beautiful moments and thoughts and some people she knew really well. And I thought, I can't wait for her to know me really well because I want her to say all that awesomeness about me too. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking that as I'm listening to this and that is how we connected. And from there, we forged this extraordinary relationship that every time we talk just gets deeper and broader and better. And I'm so excited about that. And again, for the audience, I think if nothing else, be inspired by that. Become that person. Work hard. Pay attention to how you engage with the world and try engaging with it from a place of gratitude. You know, this morning there was a guy ahead of me in his car. I, I alluded to that earlier and he was very aggressive and hitting the horn and weaving it out of traffic and like gunning the engine at red lights and like shooting up behind people and slamming on the brakes. And I thought that is so aggressive. And then I thought to myself, well, I'm grateful he's ahead of me and not behind me. <laughs> I'm also grateful to look at that and think, right, I need to remember not to do that to other people because the person ahead of him clearly was not having a great time with that. Um, and I'm sure felt very anxious and nervous about this person behind them. And, you know, as quickly as possible, he got out of there and the other person slowed down. And I thought, I'm just going to sit behind you and think, we're all good. You're good. I'm good. We're all OK. We're going to get to where we're going. And grateful for that moment as a reminder to not be that, mm -hmm. to not do that, that I could be behind that person and not create that sense of anxiety and nervousness, that I could be OK with all that. And then you know, again, just being reminded that it's about how you look at it. Not a great situation. And clearly my first thought was I was grateful he wasn't behind me. But moving forward, it was, it's okay, guy ahead of me. We're good. You're good. I'm good. Take a breath. We're good. We're all going to be okay. And we'll get to where we're going safely. And that's just a quick thing to be grateful for. But again, circling back to your legacy, Look at how Lisa has talked about everybody she's engaged with. If, it, if you missed it, think about her words. Think about the joy in her voice as she's talking about the people she's attracting into her life. That's not an accident in terms of the gratitude she shows. And when we want to achieve something big, and believe me, I know Lisa's plans, at least a few of them, and there's some pretty big plans that she's got going on there, and I have no doubt that she will achieve them. Because she's attracting into her life the people that need to be there, the people who um, practice the same attitude of gratitude, the people who are moving forward in their lives from a place of optimism and joy. And when you do that, the road to your legacy just kind of gets that little bit easier. It really does. Because suddenly the people you didn't expect are going to show up in your life in ways that surprise you and thrill you and tickle you and bring you such joy and excitement. And that has everything to do with, as you said, what you put out comes back to you tenfold. Mm -hmm. So start thinking about if you're not already doing it, how you can put more optimism and joy out into the world and notice how it comes back to you. Now, it doesn't come back right away. Sometimes it does. If you say something nice to someone and they light up and you get that instant response, but lots of times 
it doesn't come back to you right away and it doesn't come back the way you think it's going to come back. But notice how it is showing up in your life. Notice the places where it's showing up and pave those roads that little bit more so that it can continue to show up in your life. And you're right, Lisa, just as negativity makes ripples, positivity makes them too. I think the positive ripples, though, are a little quieter. They're not like a tidal wave that takes you out. Usually, sometimes it is, but lots of times it's quieter. Yeah. So you have to pay more attention to see and feel those ripples. But when you do, it's so worth it. And I am eternally grateful that you and I see there it is that you and I met at that table by chance. Maybe it was by chance. Maybe it wasn't by chance. Maybe there was some grand I scheme don't play. Chance. <laughs> yeah, maybe there we was were some grand scheme. <laughs> That's right. We were, we were very much meant to meet. And those moments um, bring about extraordinary things. And I think you are extraordinary, Lisa. I am so grateful to be in your universe. I'm so grateful to have someone like you around me uh, for your thoughts, your actions, for the way you engage in the world. You know, I think to myself, I need to be more like her. I need to think about that. And that's so important because that's who I want to be in the universe. So I want to take a moment to thank you for that. And I am sure there are people on this call who are listening to this podcast who are thinking, I need to get connected with her too. So what's a good way for someone to find you if they want to talk to you more about all this? Well, first of all, Michelle, I'm so grateful that you're part of my universe too. You know, I practice gratitude without expectation and what the universe brings me are beautiful, beautiful souls like yourself. So want to just say that to you. Um, if people do want to connect with me and made it very simple, my website is lisacondon.com and my email is lisa at lisacondon.com. So people can definitely just reach out to me anytime. And I'm always happy to talk about gratitude. You can schedule time with me from, from my website and I, I will talk all things gratitude with you anytime. Fantastic. So those links will be in the show notes because we've been talking about people driving. If you're driving while listening to this, please do not try to record it while you're driving. Focus on the road ahead of you uh, and be grateful that you can do that. Um, the links will be in the show notes. You can happily click on them and reach out for to Lisa to have a conversation to hear what she's up to, to maybe get some tips, tools and strategies on how you can develop more, maybe to share with her a story that you've got um, around gratitude. So please do do that. Lisa, again, um, this call was recorded in the morning. It is how I am kickstarting my day today. And I'm so excited that this will sit with me for the remainder of the day today. Thank you so much for your time and your energy and those suggestions. You have really provided people with some things to think about as they're moving toward their legacy in terms of how they want to move toward their legacy from a personal perspective. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Michelle. Does the thought of follow-up give you a foul taste? Do you find yourself wondering how you can ever stand out from the crowd but need it to be easy and convenient? With a system like Send Out Cards, you can stay in touch and top of mind with only a few keystrokes. People's inboxes might be full, but their mailboxes are empty. Reach people literally where they live, work, or play and watch the warm fuzzies go to work for you. See the show notes for a link where you can send your first card on me.
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.